as cavalier, tasteless, um, stone cold, emotionless as I've ever seen somebody dominate another human being like that. You know, it looked like a mixed martial arts maneuver. And and I'm not going to sit here and say that, uh, you know, cops are bad. Um, but to hear, to watch that, you know, and then to hear that this is a guy, a police officer, who had previously 18 complaints filed against him. 18! This was a problem that could have been addressed long before it was. Now, the fact that this is garnering this much attention, maybe that's a good thing. But we can't let this guy's death, George Floyd's death, be in vain. And, you know, what we're seeing now, in my opinion, is a little bit of the meaning start to get lost and carried away in uh, both the looting and what's going on um, as far as sort of the anarchists down there in the United States, but also with how it's being so politicized. And that's where I really have an issue with this. I, I want to keep this issue one of love. I don't want this even to be a race issue. I, I think we need to be talking about loving mankind because that's what we all are, you know. So when you when you group all this together, you look at the timing, you look at the access, you look at who's in office, you look at how on edge everybody already was because of this pandemic, and it kind of seems like the perfect storm for change. So as as scary as it all looks, I mean, I, I almost have to to side with the fact that this is is going on and I sure as hell will be doing my part to support it. If you take a look at the video and I would say go and take a look at the video, but truly don't. Um, if you take a look at um, Chauvin's knees or his ankle during it, um, he's kind of, he's rolling. He's applying more pressure as, as it kind of goes through. As as the nine minutes go passes on and and it, if intent isn't there and I don't want to talk about that case I guess and give him as much as a spotlight as as we can but um, or that he doesn't deserve but if you watch that and you watch his leg the intent is clear. You hit on something that we didn't before that. Eight minutes and, and 46 seconds, I believe, was the, the total time in which this guy had his knee pressed on the neck of somebody he was there to subdue, not eliminate off the face of the earth. He was passing a, a counterfeit $20 bill. That was the reason for the call. Allegedly. Four officers later. Yeah. Four officers later. And... and I can't speak to intent on the officer's part. I can't speak to intent on George Floyd's part as to how hard he was resisting. That's too hard to do based on only video evidence. There was nothing that that man did that demonstrated he deserved to lose his life at the hands of another man. And almost almost three minutes after he was unresponsive, uh, after being checked and being unresponsive, um, he was still on, on top of, of George Floyd. Um, one quote that is kind of stuck throughout the time here or uh, of this, un and we mentioned before that this isn't the first time, but the, the quote that is kind of stuck throughout this George Floyd incident and, and, and everything that's going on right now is a quote by Will Smith and that racism hasn't gotten worse, it's just getting filmed. And 
you know, we have this device in our pocket that, you know, you, you're able to phone somebody from across the world. You're able to f- see somebody in the palm of your hand from across the world because of a little camera on top of your phone or on the back of your phone. And, and that is capturing people losing their lives. And, and as we've seen so often on, on these news um, networks right now, America's one video away, one more video away of what we see right now boiling over. And, and you know, we, we've kind of brushed over the, the person who's, who's running that country right now. And after what he did the other day, I could only imagine what that would look like if that came out again. This is my concern is, is we're not a video away from this. We're not a video away. We're a tweet away. We're a statement away. We're a look away. They have arguably the most volatile leader that I, like he is more volatile than I ever thought that I would see out of any leader in any country in my lifetime. I thought we were done with Benito Mussolini. I thought we were done with Joseph Stalin. I thought we were done with the idea of Hitler. And Every time I turn around, it seems like we are creeping closer. And I say we, we're Canadian. This is different for us. This is very different for us. So let's make the important designation. But I'm talking about the Western world here because we can't fool ourselves into thinking that Canada isn't deeply impacted by what goes on with our neighbors to the south. And again, I say, I mean, you you have somebody who has a, a tremoring hand over top of the panic button at all times. And somebody who is absolutely, if ever there was a time to display that one iota of empathy that you have, this was it. You've got an entire country full of hurt people, not an entire race of hurt people. You have an entire country of hurt people. White people are upset by this. So I just can't piece together the lack of leadership that's going on right now. You know, and, and that's not to take away from the true issue here, but when the true issue is being presented to the president of the United States and all he can and can think is is to the the bridge of his nose and no further, you know, that what you were referencing, him holding up that Bible in front of that church, that's the kind of thing that I believe is going to ignite this. I don't think that we're another death away. I think that we are that close. Let's talk about that presser. Um so just to give a little bit of a context of what Brendan and I's idea of coming into this was, is that we didn't really know. <laughs> we were just going to talk and whatever, um, because this has kind of just been something that's been weighing on our minds. Um, so, and that presser in the Rose Garden or is uh, potentially the most unbelievable piece of television that I watched on on TV because in the midst of him talking to cameras and and reporters you hear tear gas and flashbangs being shot in the background of him tear gassing not not rioters not 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 protest or not uh, looters not anybody being violent peaceful protesters in front of the White House. And I can honestly say that it was peaceful protesters outside of the White House because I was watching live 
along with the people watching him gas that place out as his attorney general is standing outside scouting the place to just to make sure that they can get this photo op in front of a church that was bur- almost burned to the ground the night before and 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 just so he can look good instead of being the little hashtag bunker boy that he was the night before no 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 does it not alarm you? I mean, that, that's protocol. Yeah. That's, that's not a decision that I'm sure Donald Trump made. It, and also, if I'm the president of the United States and, and the White House fence is about to be breached, I'm probably going in the bunker. The problem with this guy is that the ego supersedes everything. So he took it upon himself, I would assume, in congruence with the attorney general as it's been presented in the mainstream media, to clear out that crowd of peaceful protesters almost in synchrony with him saying in front of a podium that he's an ally of peaceful protesters. That's not true. That's not true. He lied and, and literally as, and this was by boxed. And for those who don't understand what television is, you have the picture of Donald Trump on the right. And on the left, you have the camera still rolling on what was going on in that crowd. <coughs> Sorry, I don't, I don't want to break that up with a cough in the background. <coughs> Just so I can... Sorry. Okay, go. So if you want anybody to believe, I mean, you're talking about one video. Again, I say it doesn't need to be a video of a black man dying. I mean, it could be that kind of, I guess, injustice in that sense, that kind of absolute disregard for the people that he was voted in to represent is mind-boggling to me. One more thing about that presser, too, is when when he approaches that that podium, you know, you don't know what obviously is going to come out of his mouth. But at least you can kind of hope that he could mention George Floyd's name. Say his name. Did he even say his name? He brushed over what happened at the start and then said he was the president of Law and & Order and didn't even talk about it again. And that's all you needed to come out and, and, and talk about and say. You know, you said you were going to get justice, but how are you going to get justice? What does justice look like? Justice to Donald Trump is very different than justice to these people. That's based on things that he's said. I mean, that's based on common sense. You look at what these people are suffering from right now. All they want is to be loved by their country and their fellow countrymen, and they want to be heard. And Donald Trump is not granting them either one of those things. Instead, he's pushing his own agenda, and I'm not going to pretend to be a political expert, but it seems pretty coincidental that the election is coming up in October. That said, disapproval ratings are at an all-time high, a presidential all-time high. Are you confident at all that he's not getting back in? No. Oh, God, no. I, 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 mm-hmm. I just, I am real worried at the thought of, of the state of all this. And, and who knows? And I think we'll, we'll bring this back around and we'll get more into, you know, I guess sort of the, the emotional side of it. But just to address, I mean, the fact that there is a prospect of four more years yeah. of, of, 
I, I would I call it fear because I, I am in fear again of the volatility, the unpredictability. It happens on Twitter on a daily basis. His policies have been scary. His lack of policies have maybe been more alarming. It's it's something else. Um, but as members of the media here, that's where I think we get to weigh in a little bit on how this is being covered. And I don't know if you want it to go here, but I'm going to take it here at least momentarily. Donald Trump has made mainstream media the enemy of the people. That benefits him. That benefits him. When he's got a state of mistrust, you start to form your own opinions. And you don't trust anybody, frankly. You know? And I think that that's really cultivated a dangerous attitude and it's being perpetuated on the nightly news. I've tuned into more American news in the mm-hmm. past week than ever before. And watching the difference in coverage between CNN, who can't quit harping on Donald Trump and everything that he does, and Fox, who can't quit making excuses for Donald Trump and everything that he does, I understand why there's so much, so much civil unrest because you can't look to anybody to find a civil, logical answer on anything anymore. This has been uh, something that you and I have had dialogue about, especially in the last few days. Because um, the stark contrast and the difference between the the way that this is being broadcast has been totally different. Um, you know, I think it, it's good for people on the outside to see what is going on uh, down there. I think it's great, some of the coverage, or most of the coverage that we've been able to see. But the thing that uh, you and I have talked about that I think is so imperative to this narrative, I guess, is that to the people who don't know any better and who are just tuning in, and I, when I say the people who don't know any better, I don't mean, oh, you don't know any better. I mean the people who just are trying to educate themselves, who are trying to learn, who are new to something. Who haven't gone to school where the primary goal in your field is to think objectively, where the primary idea, the concept that you're going for, when you look down south, it sure looks like they're going for ratings. I was brought up in the journalism family that you play it down the middle, and that's what we're talking about right here. Exactly, and and I just don't see a lot of that happening on whether it be on, on one station or the other or both stations. Um, I, I just feel, or all stations, I, I, I feel like there's been a great, great detriment to, to the people who, who are watching these, these news stories and trying to learn more about what is going on. It, it, it just, there's certain aspects that just have not been given to the, to the viewers. And like you and I have said, it's just the small things. It's the small things. It's the wording that people are using. Um, it's, it's the way that you know, you kind of ask a question or maybe answer a question or kind of tweak somebody's answer. Um, you know, in, in media, you, you tweak answers, but you don't tweak answers to get a certain response. You tweak answers to make the response make sense. That's right. That's as simple as you can put it. And what the difference in what kind of coverage we're used to seeing here in Canada and there's going to be people who say, oh, well, the CBC is under the liberals' thumb because uh, the government funding this, that, and the other thing. There's plenty of tinfoil hat 
commissioners that also like to just paint everybody with that same brush. And that's where I'm going with this at the end of this tirade. Um, but part of the problem when you broadcast that way, let's look at CNN, for example, because CNN has absolutely nailed the human side of this. The fact that this is coming from a place of deep rooted hurt. However, how could you possibly expect somebody on the other side of this argument to take your opinion seriously, to spend five minutes lending an ear to what you have to say if they are being beaten over the head by your political agenda? Conversely, conversely, I challenge those who, and by the way, I mean, we all know north of the border what a, what a polarizing entity Fox News is. If you are only ever to watch Fox News, that is one hell of an echo chamber to be in. I have never heard, I have never heard such a tiptoeing of the line of journalism and propaganda until I turned on Fox News. I urge you, I implore you, I need you to think critically. Allow the story to be the story. Don't look at who's telling it and cast your judgment that way. Don't believe everything that Chris Cuomo says. Don't discredit everything that Tucker Carlson says. You need to find balance. I think what's lacking down there in office is balance between the humanity of things and the economy of things. And it's a shame that that's coming out and is reflected in the media as well. Uh, you want to talk about the tweaking of words. <laughs> um, it, with what you just said, and I, I'm going to leave it at, at that and we'll move on. Um, but I just want to say, focus on how certain networks word things. You can watch the same, same story, watch the same story on each network and then know how each one references certain things and, and talks about certain things. And this isn't something that you need to spend a couple of days growing accustomed to. Mm -hmm. You flip on and any one of the commentators on either side of this argument on either side of the political spectrum, I don't want to call it's not an argument. That is absolutely the incorrect way of describing it. This is a call for change. And there's an angle of this where there's clearly something that side A is trying to benefit, and there is clearly another side that is also trying to benefit from the way that they are covering things. And all that we can ask, and particularly as Canadians, is to keep your head out of the sand and make sure your information is coming from a plethora of resources, then you're the judge and then you're informed and then you can be confident in how you feel and why you feel that way. Don't just adopt that because you heard it on TV. Anyway, end rant because that was not <laughs> the point of all this. This is an opportunity for widespread awareness. Um, we had a bit, of a, a bit of a discussion about the whole Black Tuesday movement and, and blacking out social media and, and my understanding of that was that it was for everybody else to show solidarity and then to sit back and let strong black voices come through and tell their stories and explain where they're coming from right now. That was the point of it. And somewhere along the line, it seems like there was a lot of convolution as there is. There's a lot of chefs in the social media kitchen, but what did you think of black Tuesday or blackout Tuesday? Excuse me. I, I, 
being on social media on Blackout Tuesday was something I've never seen before. And not only something that I've never seen on the internet before, something I've never seen on my phone before. I've never seen so many people be able to come together and and show some sort of unity together in some way or some form or another. And, and scrolling through um, my Instagram feed was definitely something of... of Em- empowerment and 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 just some sort of sense of of comfort i guess that you know there is some sort of unity and here it is right here on my phone something that has really gotten to me though over the blackout tuesday and even with what's been going on is the people who want to call out the way people are protesting. And I don't mean, like, the, the looters and, and, and the rioters and the people who are destroying that, shit. That's not protesting. That's, no. that's something entirely different. I'm talking about the people who, who are having their voices heard and who do want to see a change. And, you know, you calling out people on the way that, that they're protesting, whether it be... Um, using something in a certain way, uh, you know, this, the Blackout Tuesday, many people were, were, you know, condemning people for using the hashtag Black Lives Matter on, on those posts. And, and, you know, you're doing this wrong and you're doing that wrong and you're not getting your point across. But like you and I had the conversation about before we came on here, the point of a demon or the point of a protest is that they're, is no right way to do it, A. And B, how can you call somebody out for protesting and having their voice heard for something that is good when you're on the same side as them? How can you stand next to somebody in in a line and say, oh, by the way, uh, you know, you're wearing the wrong shirt or you're, ra- or you're doing this wrong, your, your shoe's untied, you know? It, it, it doesn't make sense to me that... You can stand in unity and be so strong with somebody and, and be, have such a strong opinion with somebody, but yet one little thing that they are trying to show to help their support and show that what is going on is wrong, that you feel the need that you just need to show a little bit more. That person isn't doing it as well as I am. Be proud that what we are seeing on social media has been something we've never seen before, ever, ever. I can't stress this enough that I have never been able to go onto my social media, my Instagram, and not see one fucking face. One face of somebody on on a beach. One dog photo, and I love dogs. Trust me, I love dogs. And and not see your, your cat running through the hallway, you know? It's it's for one day we were able to come together and unite on something that is always so vain, and yet we were able to make it vain. Just like we're seeing in the streets, there's going to be those people out there who don't get the message and yet want to bark with the big dogs and they want to feel included. Um, but you're exactly right. The point of a protest is that you're making noise. That's good. That's good because I have also, I can second that in saying for, for, for all the times in, in the last 10 years, 
I think that I've really started to pay attention to what kinds of stuff goes on and the racial injustices and Colin Kaepernick and all the rest of it. And all of that time, I've never seen anything this widespread. I've never seen anything this widespread. And I'll tell you who I didn't see waving that flag around on social media today. This is how you need to protest. This is what you need to be doing, blah, blah, blah. You know who I didn't see doing that? People of color. People of color did not do that because their egos weren't involved, because they were feeling the love that was intended and the support that was intended. It's great if you are able to make a monetary donation. A great deal of us are not, particularly in the demographic that would be listening to something like this. We have student loans. It's not practical. But what you can offer is your mutual respect, your understanding as one human being to another. That's going to make the difference. Not whether you saved the day about hashtag Black Lives Matter. And the reason that everybody was all stirred up about that, by the way, was because people were going to be losing out on vital information. How about you go to the website? How about you go check in with the NAACP? That's a government, I would assume, or an, or an independently run organization that actually would have a website for you to go to, you know? So... <laughs> Far be it for me to say that one way of doing things is right or wrong, but I just really don't see what the issue is when you're making that kind of noise. Um, I know you want to get some of these links in, and we're getting a little long in the tooth. Can I read you an essay that I wrote? Please. All right. Just to preface this, I mean... <laughs> This hurts. This watching other people in the dire straits that they've been in hurts. Watching people who are trying to be there with them get tear gassed and rubber bullets and 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 pushed to the side and you know it hurts. It's painful to watch humanity in the state that it's come to down south. It hurts even more to see a lack of leadership. That's why I wrote this essay. It's called This Time is Different. I'm angry. And I'm disheartened at a lack of love around me. Love that's born into us as human beings, not as a God-given right or something that the founding fathers drafted with a quill pen. An entity of mankind. Love is then coached out of us by heartbreak, by damaged individuals who can't stand seeing love in another's eyes, in their heart. Love is coached out of us on social media where it's secondary to vanity, to status. When did it become unacceptable to show love? When did those siding with humanity, regardless of skin color or any other ridiculous concept to divide us, when did those fall out of favor with the mainstream? Are you happy on either side of this division? Are you happy watching the leader of the free world devalue human life without an ounce of empathy? Are you happy on the other side, distracted, by the power-hungry mouthpiece in office, the one whose childish and self-righteous tirades on Twitter or otherwise have created a state of unrest all on their own. Empathy is what we use to understand someone else's perspective. It's not hard in practice, but maybe it is harder to understand. It involves selflessness. Not everything's about you, and that's okay. You can feel love as you give love. Maybe that's not for you. Maybe you're uncomfortable being that vulnerable. You're not alone. But I urge you then to consider tactical empathy. 
And tactical empathy is the simple understanding of the other side. No emotional investment. This is walking a mile in your own shoes, side by side with another human being, showing support, a willingness to learn, and a willingness to work together. We've been through this unrest before in my lifetime, and as I understand it, we've been through much worse long before my days walking the earth. We're hearing the stories. We're absorbing the ugly visuals from the demonstrations. I'm physically ill watching this. I'm not a person of color, and yet I do mourn the loss of George Floyd. I mourn how much stronger his message could have been before looters who show no love for the grieving hijack that movement with greed and entitlement. That same sort of greed and entitlement the leader of the free world exhibited when he ordered the removal, or rather the assault of peaceful protesters so that he could be seen walking the streets. People are in the streets, Donald, begging for love. People are begging to be heard by the leadership team that they voted in to represent the values of a country, a country in which love is being painted as weakness. But look closer. Look beyond the media who have been used as a political tool for that leader of the free world and see that love is fighting. Love is coming together and that's scaring the old regime. Love is transcending borders. And my Canadian countrymen are standing in solidarity, showing our neighbors to the South that we hear them and we love them as human beings. Canada has a lot to learn from this situation as well. Show unconditional love to your own people, even when racism isn't in the national spotlight. Show unconditional love at all times, not just on Pride Week, not just when CNN or Fox or Global or CTV or the internet tells you that it's time to post a picture on Instagram. All the time. The story is drawing attention because George Floyd is a black man. This story should keep our attention because George Floyd is a human being. And because this time needs to be different. Well said, partner. Well said, partner. You mentioned uh, some of those resources that uh, people can hit up here, and uh, we want to thank you for tuning in uh, to this episode of the Breakdown Podcast. Um, obviously, this is one that we felt um, very compelled and felt that, that it was very important for us to to be able to speak to how important that not only this is to us, this topic is to us, but is to the world. And... Um, if our generation doesn't stand up for ourselves, then nobody will. You mentioned our demographic, and if you are listening to this, and you are just as appalled and disgusted and, and you hurt just as much as we do, and, and all the people who are protesting in the streets uh, of the, the states and what's going on up here and around the world, then do what you can. You can go to the website Black Lives Matters with an S at the end of matters.carrd.co. And uh, when you get into that website, they have different petitions for you to sign um, in George Floyd's name, uh, petitions for you to sign to get uh, the officers arrested. You, they also give you numbers to you are able to text or call, um, numbers to uh, 
generals and and uh, the mayor of of Minneapolis and the governor of Min- uh, Minnesota. It also has links for you to donate as well, uh, change.org and GoFundMe pages. And it also has more resources for you to educate yourself a little bit more on, on this issue. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Breakdown Podcast. That's where I'm going to leave it. <laughs> we'll see you at episode 12. That'll wrap up season two. Watch the Breakdown. Hands on the